Hello. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the Coronavirus Chronicles. This is, I'm Noah. It was kind of my idea that it would be interesting that this unique time of history, we can kind of capture some people's experiences and thoughts kind of as this virus progresses and kind of how the story adapts because oftentimes history books kind of only record the last end of the narrative and not always documenting how people were feeling and kind of how the events were transpiring in the moment and how things can adapt and change throughout the span of months or however this thing lasts. Um, so kind of the goal of this is just to kind of bring in just really random people in my life that I wanted to talk to about this and just kind of see their perspective from different parts of the country and different walks of life and kind of seeing how they think about this and kind of how it's affecting their life. Um, so that's kind of the idea. I'm here with my friend Drew. What's up, Drew? Hey, Noah. Um, for the sake of future listening, we're recording this on March 16th. I'm in Denver, Colorado. Drew, where are you at? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, really, my first question is, um, what's kind of the mood like in Boston? Yeah, um, Boston is very weird right now. Um, for those of you that don't know, St. Patrick's Day is this week, and on the weekend before St. Patrick's Day or the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, whichever is closer, there is a St. Patrick's Day parade on that Sunday. It's a huge deal in the city of Boston. Everyone goes out to this parade. The bars are packed all day. Uh, the, the Saturday night before is a huge deal too. Um, that was all canceled this weekend. The entire city feels like it's on lockdown even though the weather is nice and if you go for a walk you might see a lot of people out if you go into restaurants and, and buildings and just you know uh, your grocery store is the only thing that's got people in it everything else is just kind of barren and, and, and weird and people are wearing masks everywhere it's a how, uh, oh. drew how many how what percentage of people wear masks uh it's it's high enough that you notice it but it's not everyone um, okay. I'd say maybe 10% of people okay. I see are wearing masks. Uh, I live across the street from a Target, and I live across the street from a grocery store. So whenever I leave my building, I see a lot of people going in and out, you know, both of those buildings. The grocery store mm -hmm. has been absolute chaos, but um, both of them constantly have people with masks and gloves walking in and out, carrying, you know, multiple bags of of food and whatever random things that they might think a lot of toilet paper for whatever reason um it is a interesting time to be in the city right now that sounds really interesting denver tonight at midnight actually so what 3 17 2020 at midnight uh they're officially closing all bars and restaurants in the city of denver proper um it's doing the same thing new york's doing where it's like there's just takeout or whatever yeah we actually uh we're doing the same thing um, the mayor's office uh, stated that there are no longer gatherings of over 25 people allowed. Um, all bars and restaurants are closed, but every single restaurant is given the green light to do takeout now. Yeah. Uh, apparently you need a license to do that, but they're just allowing everyone to do it across the board, which I thought was kind of an interesting like economic impact that they're trying to alleviate a little bit. I don't think it'll be nearly enough, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see all these different approaches that you know, people are trying to take to minimize the impact. It is interesting. I didn't know there was a kind of a green light that uh, restaurants seen from the city. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. What food are you gonna? What restaurant are you gonna miss going to the most? Um, you know, I will probably miss Chipotle because it's in my building. Also, 
Oh, uh, damn, really? Yeah, I I go there probably more than anything around here. Um, but if anything, I'll, I'll probably miss, you know, going to bars and stuff. It's it's just like we have this thing called Time Out across the street, and they're all over the country. Uh, but it's like there's like three bars in there, ten different restaurants. It's a little overpriced, but it's kind of like a cool concept where you kind of go in, get whatever you want to eat, sit down at any of these kind of tables it's like cafeteria seating and then you know just hang out and do whatever and it's already closed down because as you can imagine it's one of the worst places you could be in a time like this oh yeah we actually those things are super trending because i know there's three in denver that are like the most hipstery places in denver oh yeah they're saying something <laughs> they're super hipstery oh uh, yeah they're um yeah it's been weird i'm gonna miss there's a bar by my house that I like. I like just get, getting food there too with friends. And I live like maybe five or six blocks away from the original Chipotle. And I go there literally all the time. <laughs> like weekly. I'm there all the time. That's and I'm awesome. going to be really sad. I got my last burrito last uh, Thursday. So that was like four days ago. And I don't know when the next time I'll get Chipotle burrito is. I know, right? Like dark times. Dark it's, times. It's weird. I My gym is closing this week as well and as someone who likes to work out and god had the his, most embarrassing humble brag i've ever heard he had who okay, are you trying to impress picture this noah okay oh my god picture this i go i go to work i work yeah. eight to ten hours a day oh right? dude, do you ever stop bragging about your life i know it's the no worst no one's gonna want to listen to this i get paid all this money i don't know what to do with it holy shit <laughs> no i'm just kidding um, I go to work, and then I go straight to the gym, and then I go home, and you know don't really do much else in a given day, right? I'm not really allowed to leave my apartment right now, and my gym got closed, and I don't have any workout equipment here, so I don't know what I'm going to be doing for the next three weeks, right? Like, can you just my, do push-ups? Boom, problem I, solved. I bought a pull-up bar. Um, I'm not very good at pull-ups. But well, you're going to have some time to practice. <laughs> I might get really good at them. We'll see. I'm going kind of crazy, and it's been one day. That's good. I've been self-quarantined since last Friday, so this is day three. So what did you do over the weekend? Great question. Um, first, I had to write a paper, which is really boring and took me a lot of time. Mm -hmm. I had to study for a final that I just took half an hour ago. I've also been – so I just had to take this, like um, – this test that basically says whether or not I graduate from my program. And I'll hear the results in a month, but I've been studying for this test for like two months. I finally get that done. So the next part towards my graduation is my dissertation at the right. And I'm, I'm thinking I really want to write it on how humans are being impacted by COVID. And particularly, I kind of want to develop a scale that maybe measures like anxiety around like pandemics or things like that that could be used by like World Health Organizations. That's, um, that's pretty cool. That's what I'm thinking of, but that's also really hard to do, so we'll see what I actually end up doing. <laughs> I really like the idea of like looking at, you know, people our age versus children growing up right now and like yeah. how they're like how the anxiety they feel is different than what we might feel. You know? I'm also interested yeah. to see what movies and TV shows come out in like five years once this blows over. <laughs> oh yeah. How okay, let me Actually, no, I want to ask this question. Okay, okay. Let's, 
So part of kind of the series is I'm going to be asking everyone kind of generally the same questions. And usually, just for a lot of this, I'm just going to be looking for their input. And I'm, I'm going to occasionally throw in things that I've been thinking about, too. Mm -hmm. The first topic I just wanted to get out of the way because I know it's going to come up is the toilet paper thing. Um, I think I have an explanation. I want to hear why you think it's happening. Why well, I think people are buying toilet paper? Yeah. I think it's probably just an anxiety thing. I don't necessarily understand it completely. Um, because even in Italy where there's a lockdown, grocery stores are still open. You know, I don't really understand why of all things toilet paper is your, is your biggest fear. So I don't have an answer for you there. Um, so I also think it's weird. My, this is my number one. I heard my number one hypothesis is this. Mm -hmm. uh, I read this article once that when people are panic buying, they'll often overbuy things that they don't actually need. And I was kind of thinking of like, psychology there's something called the bystander effect, which is like, if you see someone bleeding out on the side of the road, people will just walk by this person until the first person stops and then a whole group will kind of congregate around that person. The same thing can often go with um, like market behaviors or buying behaviors. And I think it was actually one of those weird things where the most the people who are preparing earliest, they went to stock up on it, and it became a just a weird, self-fulfilling kind of prophecy. And as more and more people saw people buying more toilet paper, everyone comments how stupid it is. But as we learned from last election, uh, all news is good news, and then toilet paper is on people's minds, so then they go and buy it because they're they become afraid. And it's like when you bought toilet paper is just like an indication of how nervous you were about uh, Corona. <laughs> I like so funnily enough. I also bought toilet paper last week. Uh, not two really. Two weeks ago. See, I was ahead of you. Two weeks. Not really because I needed it. We have like a few here, but then I was like, okay, might as well get one thing just to be safe if this yeah. does shut down the city, I guess. Because you're right. I kept seeing it on, on Twitter and Facebook and uh, it, Reddit, all these people buying cases and cases of it, right? Like... It's going so to Costco. So much. Yeah, they buy 20, 20, like 18 or 24, whatever the biggest you can buy for toilet paper is. So I was like, okay, I'll get one. And I went to Target and I ended, up get, I ended up getting two, which I would never buy two. But it was like, it is purely this like anxiety induced effect because I've seen all these other people get it. What confuses Enjoy. me is that there are a lot of people buying water too. You see it all over cases of water. But yeah, there hasn't been that. mass hysteria around water. Uh, maybe it's because water makes even less sense because it's not like the taps are ever going to go bad because of a coronavirus. But I guess if it gets into the water, I just don't think that makes any sense. So I, I don't, I don't really get why one is caused and the other isn't. But because I, I my my whole line of thinking is this isn't based out of logical necessity as much as it's based out of. A place of anxiety and when you see other people doing it you convince yourself that you need to do it or you feel unsafe mm -hmm. like there's a kind of cognitive dissonance that kicks in if you see everyone else in a group doing a behavior and you have to convince yourself why you're not doing the behavior and all you need is one moment of panic where like oh crap I'm just gonna go buy some toilet paper and then you bought it and then you need to convince yourself that you need to have bought it so it's I don't know I think of it as like kind of a cognitive pattern yeah, that I mean, I think buying one or two makes makes sense. Um, oh, I completely agree. I bought one too. What 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 trips me out is when I see the twenty cases and the thirty cases, and it's like, 
What 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 do you think's gonna happen? I feel like you're gonna have other issues before you get even through two of those. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing. I just wanted to go into it because I'm sure it was gonna cut up, come up eventually. Yeah. yeah. So my first question is, when did you first remember hearing about coronavirus? Uh, I think I saw a tweet about it back in like January. Do you remember kind of what the tweet said or kind of what the message was? Um, I. It was something about the new virus coming out of China. Um, do I remember what it was? It doesn't really matter. I'm just kind of I, getting an idea of kind of what the information looked like. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. It was. It was a tweet. It was like possible pandemic alert because it was rapid then. But even then, it it, it seemed like I didn't hear anything about it between. January and February and since or like I don't think I heard anything about it in February and then I know where March hit and I heard nothing but it you know what I mean um, yeah I my parents flew out to February in February to the East Coast to visit and we went and I was talking to them and I was saying like yeah like once you get home you need to wash your hands and shower because this virus sounds pretty bad and they didn't even really like they're like oh no it's whatever and this was uh this was leap day that saturday they were flying home that that sunday or that monday or whatever wait how long ago was that uh february 29th so so three weeks, weeks ago yeah. yeah it was just starting to and they they were like no like it's 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 nothing it's not gonna be a big deal um, so you remember it? You remember hearing about it in January, but it didn't really preoccupy your mind at all till March. Yeah, not at all. I I was in Portland, uh, Portland, Maine, not Oregon, but I was in Portland a few weeks before that, and I remember like just going around to bars and whatever, and and not once thinking about coronavirus. Like I, I don't think it occupied my mind even a little bit. The next week, I'm already telling my parents, like, hey, you need to wash your hands about this stuff. Week later. It felt like it was everywhere. Like uh, Trevor Noah did his little episode on it, and um, ever since then, it's been like insane. After Italy shut down, I feel like it's been nonstop. Yeah, I remember I heard about it in January too, because I remember I'd already come back from like Christmas break, and I knew I was back in Denver. I, mine was also a tweet, and it was I can't remember if it was like the World Health Organization or some tweet about a new flu like I remember following it because just because I I was nervous about it right away because like the idea of diseases is scary to me I guess on some level and like mm -hmm. I guess like all these things make me nervous and I worry about kind of our health and safety with how globalized everything is at times so you know I was just interested in the story and I really followed it through all of January and all of February, and I agree with kind of what you said. I know in America it really didn't get big till, like, March. I knew it felt really serious to me when I saw, like, China's reaction of quarantining individuals. That's when it kind of hit me that people are actually getting quarantined over this. And then once it happened in, in Italy, and it was happened at a national level, and, like, this is for sure happening. The CDC says, CDC says we're two weeks behind Italy at this point um so we're gonna be in worse shape than them probably or that's at least what i was told so have you been following those those like metrics and graphs at all yeah 
it's insane how much we're like spot on where they are in 10 days like seems hmm. like this it's like a exponential curve of like 0.33 essentially or like 30 it grows by 33 percent every day do you know how many people are dying every day in italy right now in the last two days at least i saw 400 the other day it was 387 yesterday and like 340 the day before oh pretty close just like like absolutely insane where we've had 60 total you know or 45 or whatever it is the Mm -hmm. the the rapid growth that's going to happen and how it's going to spread across America because we have all these like major cities, right? We have yep. New York in the east and Philly, uh, Boston in the uh, northeast, Chicago, Minneapolis, um, Colorado, then like every state in California, it's going to hit Texas. It's already bad in Florida. Like it's rapid expansion is hey, dude, insane. It's going to go to every state in California. I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely it's absolutely insane. And no, it what what the first thing that I was like, this is going to be a problem. Is I remember when they found out it was being passed like through airborne pathogens, and it could live on surfaces up to a day. Mm-hmm. And then I remember about a month ago, I think, is when I remember reading that you could spread it asymat asymptomatic. Sim- you know what I'm saying? Like, without any symptoms, you can spread it. Yeah, asymptomatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. um, what's crazy about that, so in Italy, they have really bad testing coverage, a lot like the United States, because we are our healthcare system isn't set up for the testing scale that we need. No, and I'm close. Yeah, we're, we're, I work for a healthcare company. We're, we're not set up for it, right? Um, we also denied the WHO's testing. Or I know. We Can want... we talk about how ridiculous that is? Yeah, but let me let me let me say this real quick. Um, so we we're we're not set up for it all. Italy is also not set up for the testing that they needed, right? Uh, South Korea, on the other hand, has had really good extensive testing. Yes, they reported today that they think that the worst of it's already over, right? They, they did um, a great job. The difference between their rate of who's getting sick versus Italy and the US is when you look at the bell curve or not the bell curve just the curve of who's getting sick you know for age groups like let's say 0 to 10 10 to mm-hmm. 18 18 to 30 and so on so forth whatever that actual number breakdown is mm-hmm. in Italy it's like 5% of cases are that 18 to 34 range right yeah. super super low the Which, reason can we talk about that for a second the reason that is is cuz we don't show symptoms at a young age yeah. Yeah, we're, we we look fine. Kids, uh, our age people, we we don't most of the time we don't get symptoms. Whereas in Korea, it's like thirty-five to forty percent of all cases are within that eighteen to thirty-four range, mm-hmm. and they just they don't ever get symptoms. But they're the ones who live in cities, and they're the ones who go out and hang out with like their friends, and they're the ones who communicate and talk and interact and and do things like that, and then they spread it to their parents or their grandparents or just older people through whatever means it might be. And that's where the issues come in. We're going to be most likely health-wise fine. The economic impact on us is going to be crazy in six months and a year and six months and three years from now. But health-wise, me and you will be fine. But Yeah, for people who don't know us, Drew and I are at – I'm 25. What are you, Drew, 24? I'm 24. 
Yeah. So we're at a very healthy age range. But I know what you mean. It, what I was thinking, too, when I see that 5% is between the really, really young age group, the, my only thought is the reason the, the true number is way higher than this and the reason is because we just don't test people in this age group. Mm -hmm. One, because if you're in like the U.S., you're not prioritized for testing, which is a good thing, by the way. But mm -hmm. it's the reality that we don't have enough tests, so we need to distribute them to the highest risk individuals, which means people in our age range aren't getting tested, which means they don't really know how many people our age have it in Italy or here. So I don't know. It's like I saw the head of the CDC of Ohio thought that maybe 100,000 people in Ohio had it, and they just had no way to test them because the state had less than, I think, 2,000 kits yeah. as of like a week ago. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Um, I saw I saw a, a, a YouTube channel I follow, uh, Philip DeFranco. He's like a, a news guy. It's like 15 minutes and you get the news for the day. It's, it's, he's pretty cool. His wife got sick on Friday. He went to the hospital because she had like shortness of breath and you know all the symptoms of it. And the doctor was like, yeah, you can go to the urgent care to get tested, but I really don't recommend it because it's, I think you have it and you're just going to spread it to more people. If I were you, I'd just yeah. go home and self-quarantine for the next three days. And she felt better by Sunday. But like, it's insane that we're just turning people away because we don't have the testing coverage. I know. It's really sad. Um, let's go back. You, you were talking about how the White House refused uh, the WHO's testing kits. Mm -hmm. I, I did. I did talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a good idea or what? Hey, it, clearly, Donald Trump's hubris is absolutely insane. It's one of the most unbelievable, like, even among a presidency full of unbelievable moments to me, that was one of the most unbelievable. Have you been, like, keeping up with his messaging and yeah it's it's absolutely bonkers like i think 10 days ago it might not be 10 days it might have been two weeks ago where he was like he came out and kind of he literally said on camera it was a hoax oh yeah a, a liberal conspiracy to trash the economy so that he doesn't get reelected. yeah man i don't like there's your cognitive cognitive distance thesis you know like i don't understand how you can continue to back someone who's so clearly like insane and he's starting to change his his tone a little bit but still constantly passing the blame on other people and 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 refusing to take any of this on himself like he fired the head of like pandemic research yep. in the it's government yeah, like like months ago you know and <laughs> That we, we just we're not set up for anything like this. We don't we're not prepared. Like it's it's just it's absolutely insane how <laughs> you you've got me heated, Noah. I didn't think I was gonna get heated tonight, but I'm No I'm, dude, I'm it's I've an intense similar. it's 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 like I've had my my future brother in law was has been saying for the last like couple weeks or whatever, he's like, I feel like the sky is falling and I'm chicken little and no one's listening to me. I know, it's unbelievable. And it's it's not true. There are a lot of people listening. Yes. But there's yes. also so many people who are just actively not listening. It, I feel like it's this week where people's opinions are starting to change. Yep, it's, 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 it's crazy. So this is, what I want, this is what I was thinking about. I'm mad too, and I think I feel really, I feel really embarrassed, honestly, how the U.S. handled this. 
not even from just an administration perspective, but the American, like I think a lot of Americans still, literally I'm seeing people going out for St. Patrick's Day and I saw all these videos in Florida today about people partying on the beach. And uh, like I saw a Post Malone concert, I saw a video that showed all the people in the crowd at the Pepsi Center, which is like a mile away from me and it was packed. Like a sold out stadium. Like, so that makes me mad and you know, all the Trump stuff is just so bad. And, like, this has been an especially bad moment for him. Um, I do now, I do have yeah. a positive for you, okay? Okay. Yeah, hit me with it. I feel like where me and you are both from, a lot of people have been kind of like, it's it's a hoax and it's it's not actually, it's like the flu, right? Like, yeah. you're going to feel flu-like symptoms and you'll be fine. Um, I, I was getting a lot of that on social media because yep, I, I still too. follow a lot of Minnesota people, and that was a very blue collar Minnesota take, huh? Absolutely, and and I don't feel it as much out here, but I'm also starting to see that shift happen in a lot of the people I follow back home. Right? Yep, I'm seeing it too. My parents actually canceled their trip to Mexico this Friday. Are you serious? Never thought it would happen. They love that trip to Mexico. I never, I never in my wildest dreams thought that they would be willing to do that. My dad wow. has been like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. It's like, it's whatever, it's whatever. He's probably the most at risk in my family, though. <laughs> um, like, he broke his ribs and, like, damaged his lungs over the summer. Like, he can't get sick, you know, like, yeah. with this. Yeah. So the fact that he was willing to, like, actually be like, no, we're... We're not doing it, which I I never thought he'd he'd buy into. It shows me that there has to be like some sort of drastic change happening there because it, it just it like he's the staunchest of staunch. Like he is the staunchest of staunch. <laughs> no, dude, it makes me happy that he's doing that. I don't want to get sick. Tell him to stay at home. So I told my parents. Yeah, it just I'm not in Minnesota, so I don't know how everyone's feeling. But it seems to me, based on Twitter, that more and more people are starting to be like okay time to self-quarantine and, and do stuff like that and we're, we'll we'll be fine and we're gonna do this yeah I agree. That, that was my vibe too but it's i don't know hopefully it's not too little too late you know what i mean yeah so in denver it was kind of weird because it felt similar to minnesota but it wasn't toned down in a blue collar way it was like toned down in like a hipster way um well, just like, yeah, tell me more about what that means. Or it, it just felt kind of like, man, we can't we can't let this affect the way we live our lives, man. Like, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna all live our lives and do what we gotta do, and like we can't live in fear. The only thing to fear is fear, man. And I'm like, no, you guys should really go and like buy rice or something. <laughs> and everyone's just like, you know, like making jokes, like, oh, it's just as bad as the flu. Who cares? I'm like, yeah, you should really think about uh, stocking up. I I saw a tweet where it was like, it was like, we can't let coronavirus win and change my day-to-day life. It's like, no, dude, no, no, Karen, this isn't <laughs> terrorism. <laughs> it's a virus. It dude, doesn't Amer- care what you do. <laughs> Americans have the most frustrating mentality. Okay, one, I want to say this earlier. Our healthcare system isn't very good, and we can't handle testing on a national level for really anything, mm-hmm. which is already a huge problem. Two, okay, if you read, I encourage everyone to go read about Taiwan's response to this. They were one of the first countries outside of China that had a positive case. 
They handled it in such an effective and quick manner that despite having cases in January, to this date, uh, 3-16-2020, they have 49 cases and one death in a whole country of incredibly high population density in a lot of areas. And they've had 49 cases total. And then you look at what we do, they immediately quarantined, national testing, all this was implemented so quickly. And if you see how slow it took, one, the American government to do anything, and two, individual Americans to actually realize this was a problem was unbelievable. It was so slow. We're, like, Americans actually have the mentality that the virus has to somehow like bend to our will and like we just don't care. It's so frustrating, man. Do you think it's an issue with like early January messaging? Like, is it, do you think it's, you know, higher up people should have been pushing this immediately or is it just in general Americans lack of, you know, uh, political or, or uh, world issues, right? Because I, I didn't know until really February. Yeah. You know, so, I heard about it, but I like, how, like, is that something I should have been trying to take care of or is that something that like, the CDC and Trump or whoever it is should have been being like, yo, this is really bad and you guys need to be prepared and we're going to like ramp up production on tests right now. I mean, I think in like, um, in a really macro sense, I feel like the responsibility lies with our government in that sense. I don't think it's too unreasonable to like, I just got a call today from, um, whatever Congress, one of the Congresswomen we have that is from Prior Lake that I must be on like their caller list still, mm-hmm. and was talking about is like a coronavirus town hall happening tonight or something or t- sometime this week. And I was even thinking to myself, I can't believe how late this is. This like it's really cool that you did it, and that's nice. But I feel like the head of our government should have dispensed this information a long time ago. And I also I felt like the biggest damaging thing is everyone's perception of news now is polarized, where it's like fake news or it's the news you like and everyone felt like corona became like a take where it's like oh you know this is just a made-up thing by this side of the media or like oh this media doesn't care about this it's like come on guys there, there has to be times where we just accept when facts are happening when like, lives are at stake so here's where i'm at with the news right now and i still follow probably closer than i don't know 70 percent of the population i'd say okay i am absolutely worn out by the news it oh, is dude, me too. It's it is exhausting to keep up with the election cycle has been brutal the like the trump 24-hour news cycle is insane like the you know the failed impeachment which like was that whole thing that was like that ended like december or january or i don't even remember know. you know like i'm like the news has depressed me for Here, so long now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Media, media exhaustion. Yeah. You just get exhausted from listening to things every day for it's, a certain amount of time. Can't do it anymore. I, I'd say it's burnout. Like, I just can't. Oh, I like that better. Let's do media burnout. Media like burnout, sure. I I can't. I was I used to listen to The Daily every morning, and I'd listen to, you know, some... Uh, to Philip DeFranco because he's quicker and he gets more news stories and you know I follow all these Twitter you know uh, news reporters and yeah it's just so much constantly and uh, it's like all my group chats are talking about it constantly like I just yeah me too I'm like fried with it and then 
I don't pay attention. And this happens and it's like, <laughs> it's like, should like, how should we have been preparing differently? You know, like, yeah. So that leads perfectly into my next question. So nice, clean segue. Sure. I wanted to know at one point, did you first, did COVID first scare you or like, were you, you were like, Oh, this is, I feel afraid of this on some level. Oh man. Let's look at the calendar, huh? I've got my computer pulled up here. Um, my parents were here on leap day and I remember being pretty like freaked out then. Um, <laughs> wow. That was two weekends ago. I know, but it feels like a really long time. It ago, feels right? like so long ago. I'd say I probably wasn't really freaked out until, until like March 5th. That, that okay. time frame is when I feel like the news started hitting and I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is going to be, it's going to be really bad. Um, yeah. And even then, like, I don't know if I ever took it seriously until probably last week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like I've been kind of scared of it since the 28th. But I was always like, oh, it's not good. Like, it, it, it wasn't consuming my thoughts. But now it's like all I think about. Mm, like I, I I had uh, five different meetings this today, right? Yeah, they were all thirty minutes. They all ended up going over by thirty minutes because we would spend the first twenty five minutes talking about the coronavirus. I, I know it's almost hard not to talk about it with people. I can't focus on work right now. Like I I can't talk to people without like this being the main thing we talk about. It's insane. It's... I logged, Drew, I logged on to League of Legends, the video game, and within five minutes, I got a message from someone. Got sick. That was just like, <laughs> just like, oh, hey, what do you think about this? Like, just super random, but it feels like every conversation I have with everyone, it gets brought into it somehow. If you, you could not, and I, I repeat this, if we're going to be going into quarantine, you could not just play League of Legends all day. You need to find a new video game or something, because that's... That's toxic, and you don't you don't want to do that to yourself, Noah. Dude, I, I can get back to my peak. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've actually been playing. I actually got the NBA 2K20 because I missed the NBA so much. Oh no! It was twenty dollars on Steam. Okay. So I've been playing that. Um, as long as you didn't pay full price. No, it was like twenty. I think it was nineteen ninety nine. Okay. It was. It's fine. Um, so then. My next question I'm interested in... Oh, I want to give my perspective. Yeah, uh, sorry. I, for, I I wasn't, like, scared immediately. Once I saw China was quarantining people, that's when I, it became... That's when it felt real to me for the first time. Can I be um, Can I be honest with you? And maybe it's, like, yeah. maybe it's like a perception problem or something. But Am when, I going to... Are you going to say something I had that had out true? No, I, it's just when they started doing it, Yeah. it didn't seem, like, real to me yet. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's just something that they would do. Like, it didn't seem like something that, you know, it seemed like something the Chinese government would easily, would easily do without really second thought. And I never thought it would be something that would happen here. And now I'm like, oh yeah, it's totally like, everyone's going to be quarantined here in a week. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) The entire country is going to go into lockdown. Oh, I agree. That's where we're headed. Mm -hmm. When do you think we'll be in total lockdown? I think by the end of this week. Me too. I was saying Thursday. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't imagine we make it out of the week. Um, my building um, is still open. My work building. I 
can't imagine it's open on Friday. Me either. I, I, my prediction is Thursday. When's your prediction, Drew? I give it three days. You want me to do the over-under? <laughs> um, yeah, over-under three days. I think that they'll probably give us the weekend to get our affairs in order. Okay. that's that's That makes some sense. Um, anyway, so this is part of the reason I took it seriously, and it's the nerdiest reason in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, one... I started becoming very nervous when all the rich people started changing their behaviors because that is a tip to me that they know something we don't like I, I follow this guy on Twitter his name's Harala Bob he's a billionaire he, he literally became he got his whole fortune gambling and does all these odd book things and he was talking about how like in his really really rich friend circles all everyone's talking about this is in January all the really rich people are talking about is coronavirus and how it's gonna impact the markets and then I see a bunch of like um, CEOs and stuff start stepping down, and I'm seeing like, people's buying things start to change. It was when the rich people started talking about it and getting like prepared. That's when I worried. And so in China, the professional video games is a huge thing in China. And in January, the so really rich video games in China are owned by like venture capitalists essentially, who are just like really these really rich like millennials who just like own these like video game teams, right? And the leagues make tons of money and are these giant kind of spectacles. And when they started shutting down, I was like, oh man, even the rich people can't get their own products saved from this. This is gonna be a problem. Cause say what you want about the Chinese government. There's a lot, I think there's probably a lot of wiggle room and there are a lot of things for the wealthy individuals. That's interesting. I, cause I, well, I remember when all the CEOs started stepping down and I, didn't connect those dots at all until right now. And when it might you be said nothing. It. it could be completely nothing too. Like no, it's not a fact. I mean, you're totally right. Have you seen the stock market? We had the worst day in history today. Yeah, like to we've had we've had three of the worst days in ever last week. Like, uh, well, Friday was the worst day since 1989, and Tuesday was like the worst day since um, 2007 or whatever, and. Yeah. <laughs> and then today is the worst day in the history of the stock market. I can't believe how fast it's falling. That is some like apocalypse stuff. So I've been talking a lot about this with a lot of my on my colleagues, right? So, so you like immediately think like small scale who this impacts, right? Like restaurant or restaurant workers, um, real Do people work at restaurants, hourly workers, hourly workers, right? Anyone like that. Um, anyone who has a kid at school because schools are yep. getting shut down, right? Um, you know, any anyone basically who who has to work from home, right? Like uh, who who doesn't have the ability to work from home, yes, it's a direct exactly. impact on them, and they have no spending power anymore. Yep. Okay, that immediately trickles up to the entire economy, right? The stock market is crashing right now, which is mainly be like it only happens because people are pulling investments and, and things like that yep but when we get earnings statements and you know reports uh six months from now and people start actually analyzing like okay how much money did we lose there's oh, gonna be so, much money. so many layoffs that are gonna happen yep. at the end of this year like the unemployment rate is gonna is gonna skyrocket i know i was like, the same thing the economic impact is not gonna be you know, two months while this this happens, and Trump said today that he thinks 
best case scenario, we're back to normal by August. <laughs> yeah, that's a really long time. I when the NBA started doing stuff, I started hearing these rumors about the NBA talking about no fans in stadiums. And when thirty rich dudes all sit in a room and collectively say, "Hey, I'm willing to give up," I mean, if you think of twenty thousand seats, however much money you make at attendance at an NBA game. Like yeah, I'm willing to give this up, this revenue up for three months, um, to just not have fans. That's when I was, that's when I really knew it was serious too. Yeah, um, that's. A, I know what you mean the economic impacts. We're gonna feel them for a really long time, for years. That's a good point, though. I'd, I'd say last Thursday was probably where like the terror started to skyrocket. Um, I couldn't believe when the I was watching the NBA game because it was the Nuggets were playing the Mavericks. And I remember wanting to watch because I love watching the Nuggets play because they're really, really good. Plug for the Nuggets. Please sponsor <laughs> me. Um, they're just an awesome team. And I was watching the game, and then Zion was playing after. The Pelicans were playing somebody. And I was like, oh, sweet. I just got done from doing like work or whatever I was doing that day. And it's like, sweet. I can watch the Nuggets game. I can watch the Zion game. And then at halftime of the game, it was when the other game was starting to warm up, and there were like these weird Rudy Gobert rumors about like being sick. And then the Nuggets game, it like halfway through the game, it was halfway through the third quarter. The NBA announced that the season's or suspended, and then they just keep playing the game. And you're just watching this game, knowing you won't get to watch another NBA game for like three months. It was such a weird feeling. That yeah, as someone who doesn't really care about the NBA, I still like when March Madness was was you know canceled. Yeah, like I was like. Oh my god! It, it, even that, like March Madness, NBA. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan in either of those at all. But it's still like something that's always on, and like you know, it's always happening during these yeah. months. It's like it's crazy that it's it just ended. I think that's where people started to freak out a little bit. I agree. Um, let's transition a little bit. Okay. So my next question is related to try to get in the mind save when you first start taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, what was the straw that broke the camel's back, or what was the thing that really made you take it seriously? Um, honestly, uh, Joanna, my my fiance, found out some pretty upsetting news this week about or last week about her mom. Um, she was diagnosed with with breast cancer and is now the prime person for who cannot get sick. So I think that's where I really was like, okay, we have to actually quarantine and we can't like interact with people and like this is a big deal for us directly. There's there's direct impact on on our family specifically. Um, which is kind of a selfish thing to say, but I'll be honest, like that's that's really what did it for me is I have someone in my life who is directly impacted by it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which is totally like selfish and introspective and, and you know, not the ideal for how you want people to take it. But I, I really think that's why a huge chunk of the population still isn't taking this seriously. No, I mean, I think at a, at a human kind of psyche level, I really agree with you. I think it's so easy to depersonalize news that's not directly affecting you. And then once it affects someone you know, it becomes very real. I think, I mean, I'm not saying it's like 
the greatest way we think, but I think it's a very human way that we think. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just being honest. You know, that's yeah. it was, it was Wednesday or whatever, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is, um, there's, there's direct impact here. Like we, like, I can't be cavalier about this and just say, and just keep, you know, living life normally. Um, and there were there were plans originally for for Joanna to, you know, go home and be there for the first chemo trip. And we live in Boston where, you know, the state of emergency was declared last last Wednesday or whatever. We probably can't go down there for a week or two, you know, until we're yeah. sure that we're actually healthy. Like yeah, That's scary. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, keep, keep moving. But it is like, that's what we're fighting for, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. what people need to realize, I think, is that even if it doesn't directly impact you, everyone's friends and family, someone, like you all through someone you know, know somebody who's immunocompromised or, you know, has bad lungs or is has a grandma or something. Like it doesn't matter, but yep. like just don't be selfish, I think is where I started taking it seriously. Um, so I don't know. It's it's it hasn't been as freaky as it has been until really today though. Uh, you know what's interesting? Well, one, thanks for sharing that, and I think that's like an interesting story about you know how this news kind of impacted you and your family directly. Um, but I think a lot of people are going to react very similarly, and I I literally have this text pulled up because uh, Carson and I were planning a trip to go see um, Manchester United play in England. Oh, nice. So, like, we had this trip planned out. We've been thinking about it. And we booked the tickets in, like, January, and we're supposed to go... It was supposed to be, like, a few weeks from now. Because I think we are going to try to watch two of their games. Because we found, like, a week where there'd be four games. Two games in four days, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I texted them on February 27th saying, Hey, I really don't think the trip's going to happen. Do you have um, travel insurance on our tickets? Because it was at that point, I don't remember what happened that day. That was the day I was like, yeah, man, in two months this is going to be everywhere and there's no way we're going to go. <laughs> but what, that, did that was he, like... Did he have travel insurance? Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, thank God. So you, you canceled it three weeks ago or two weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, I I called him too when I saw the Trump travel ban to Europe. I was like, yeah, man, well, I think <laughs> you were right. There you go. Um... That's really funny. But okay, so um, how have has your feelings about COVID changed in the past week, would you say? Because I think this past week for me has been when it seems that public perception in America, it's changed the most around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I've said, like the, today specifically is the day where I really altered my active everyday behaviors. So what? How did it look different? Uh, well, let's say yeah, let's say what we what, what was I doing last Monday, right? I I woke up, I went to work, I went to the gym, I went and played basketball at ten o'clock, and then I came home and went to bed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically what I did you know, all week. I didn't play basketball every day. I'm only in a Monday night league, but uh, that's kind of how my, my my daily schedule kind of shapes out, right? Yeah. Um, 
I'd say, God, it, it feels like the news moves so quickly, and every day was such like a, a heavy hitting event. I know. Every day almost felt like a week. I don't know how else to describe it except that. Yeah. It's like Tuesday is when the stocks crash for the first time, right? Yeah. And like I have a 401k and, and whatever, some stocks or whatever, but I'm not too impacted by it because I've never been a very aggressive investor. Um, or at least I'm not right now and haven't been since I started work. But there were a ton of people at work who were like, freaking out because they lost so much money right like all like they they've been making money since 2017 and i think as a friday every gain from 2017 has been wiped out right yeah we're negative now um so tuesday is where it started to like started to feel real because it it started being a daily conversation right yeah i was i still went to the gym until saturday morning though you know, like I didn't alter some of my daily steps there, but I just kept hearing more and more about it and thinking like, okay, let's prepare. I think Wednesday we went to the grocery store for the first time and got and stocked up on some of the stuff that we, we needed. Um, started talking to like family and stuff saying like, make sure you get, you know, at least a month's worth of medicine because there are gonna be shortages, the China, this is kind of unrelated to me personally, but you, you understand probably more than anyone that like the China, um, what's it called? Uh, um, their ability to create medicine had to basically be put on hold during the yeah. Corona outbreak, uh, causing massive shortages in drugs all over. I world. think you were looking for the term delay of production, Drew. Delay of production. Delay of production is what we're looking for. So basically, we don't have the storages for that. No. That's another impact. And again, with personal family things, you know, like I've got a, a niece who deals with epilepsy, and if she isn't on her, you know, anti seizure medication, <clears throat> that could be horrible. You know, yep. if there's a shortage of that. Um, it's it's constantly been like okay all these things are happening how does and as i've been listening to more and more news about it um you know the daily or uh i listened to an investment one and they were talking about why the stocks were all down and, and some of that impact as i start to like introspectively put that on myself it, that's where it's like okay like it's getting really real really quickly and the impact is starting to not like just because I might I'm not worried about getting sick necessarily and if yeah. I got sick I'd be devastated because uh, from what I've heard it's like a really bad flu <laughs> mm -hmm. like it kicks your ass um, but just seeing it and how the like abstract effects of it are going to impact my life and my family and and you know the people around me that's what's made me like really concerned you know I agree it. I've been thinking about the last few days. This feels, it feels like, it feels like we're in a story that we're going to be reading about someday in a history textbook. You know, mm -hmm. that's just the magnitude of what it feels. It feels really surreal. Um, it's hard to explain. That's why. That's why I want to do stuff like this. To just human memory is so funny because the way we remember things in hindsight is often colored by not the event itself, but our feelings about the events and kind of how things turn out in the end. 
Yeah. And I think it's so important to be documenting like your thoughts throughout the process. So looking back on it, you get like a more honest kind of appraisal of what happened and what life was like. So we talked about this a little bit. So what are, what are your, how are you changing your behaviors in the future compared to like how you'd be if this was a year ago? Like what things in your life look different? Before we dive into this, uh, conceptually, right? Why you want to do this. I think it's really yeah. cool, right? Um, and what I'm, what I'm really interested in right now, mentally with myself is, is for the next at minimum two weeks, but realistically probably three months or so, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be very limited social interaction and a lot of free time. And the idea of like being able to take like your creative aspirations and come up with something right now, I think is the only thing like we can really do. So right now, like we're at the peak time to just like create whatever you want to. And I don't know what yeah, it is, but like, that's what I've been trying to figure out for the last two days, you know, is like, what is something that really interests me that I can try to pursue to fucking fill my time. Right. Cause like, we have so much open space here and you're yeah. doing this and this is really cool. Right. I think like everyone needs to just like jump after like that creative aspect or whatever it is you want to make and just, and just yeah, try something. Um, how am I changing my daily behaviors? Yeah. Like looking back, how would someone, if you're explaining this to someone, how would you explain the ways that this is like impacting your life? Just on like a behavioral everyday level. Um, let's see. Well, I would say that many days in a week, I'll go down and buy a coffee at the coffee shop down, down the street. I usually walk my dog pretty far every day. Um, I get home, change, go to work, um, you know, I'm in meetings most of the day based on what my job is and you know it's a lot of face-to-face interaction conversation Um, as much as you know anyone would I guess Um, then I'd go to the gym like I said Um, come home cook go to the grocery store maybe grab food and then bring it home to cook Um, you know go meet people like for a couple drinks or something um basically all that has now been condensed into the things that i do in my apartment at least for the last two days i still have to walk my dog every day so i have the route and i take her but i don't get coffee you know or at least i didn't this morning it's gonna be closed down tomorrow so i have to make the coffee at home here Um, there is no going to the grocery store to buy food every day because it is chaos there. Like every time you go in, there's no chicken and no rice and no beans and stuff like that. So I'm really happy that I went and bought so much bulk stuff last week because if I hadn't, I'd be kind of stressed out right now. How much did you get? What'd you get and how much? Um, I got two big bags of rice. Um, How big? 10 pounds each probably uh okay. let's say uh, 50 servings each so maybe around 100 servings um 
I play around with the whole vegan diet idea. I'm not vegan, but I, I like trying to do plant-based meals as much as possible. So, man, um, the Ivy League really just ruined you forever, didn't it? Hey, man, I'm trying to save the <laughs> environment. Okay. Yeah. If we survive coronavirus, <laughs> we still have next. we have to survive the floods that'll come. Um, so I went and bought a bunch of black beans because they last forever and they're very nutritious. They're cheap and they're nutritious and yeah, exactly. And then bought a bunch of frozen vegetables and, um, tempa, which is like, it's, uh, it's a meat substitute. It's, it's pretty good. It kind of tastes like rice, honestly, but it's dense in protein and it tastes better than tofu. Um, now this is just a commercial for going vegan, I guess. <laughs> it's easier though than buying meat. I can't. You can't buy chicken yeah, anywhere, no. right? Like so. What I what I did, it was, I think it was oh, was it on leap day? Was leap day the twenty eighth? Twenty ninth. It's always twenty ninth. Oh, oops. It was. No, it was on the twenty seventh that I went and bought. I think I got, I've got so much rice. I got a ten pound bag, and then I got some boxes. There you go. I think I think I almost have like hundred and fifty servings of rice. That'll last, yeah. I know, and because that's what that's what I was thinking. In the worst case scenario, what's the least amount of food I can buy from the store, and still be safe for like two months? Mm-hmm. And I, I got a bunch. See, you went frozen vegetables. I went canned vegetables. That that's a good my, idea. That's a that good idea. My, I want I want canned over frozen. Uh, I got beer. I made sure I had beer. <laughs> um, I bought whiskey. Yeah, I brought whiskey too. There you go. Uh, I actually bought Irish whiskey, but oh, it, me too. It, what kind? Uh, okay, they didn't have Tolmerdew, which is my favorite, so I got Jameson. Dude, I really like Jameson. Jameson's not bad, but have you ever had Tolmerdew? No. Okay, let's make up. Let's make a podcast. We'll call it Tolly Talks, and we'll just get drunk on Tolmerdew. It's a great time. This that is what I'm saying. Awesome. This is what I'm saying. We need to come up with these things because we're not allowed to actually drink with people in person anymore. <laughs> yeah, true. So I have a I have a happy hour, like a group of friends. So we we go to happy hour at least once a week usually, right? Love it. Yeah. And now we're transitioning to virtual happy hours. Are you? Yeah. That's actually really cool. Maybe we'll need to create a virtual happy hour podcast. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Think about this though. Okay. I've never done it. But Dungeons and Dragons podcast. All right, I'd be down. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of anything I can do that's gonna like make some of these days go by. Um, I let's 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 put a pin in that. Let's let's, th- let's get this at the end. Let's start with the Tolly to- the Tolly talk, okay? And I'll yeah. I'll make you buy Tolmer do, and we'll get drunk and talk about nothing. Um, I forgot what kind of Irish whiskey I have. It, it was kind of a cheaper kind. But it was a kind I'd never tried before, and I was just, I don't know. It sounded interesting. Two Gingers is pretty good if you are looking for kind of like a cheaper Irish whiskey. I like a good whiskey. I do. I love Irish whiskey. It tastes like caramel to me. I don't like bourbon. I used to hate, I used to, like, I felt like when I was in college, I was like, yeah, rum's really good. And I'm like, nah, whiskey's really good. Do you still like rum? It's okay. It's I don't sweet. Dislike it. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's sweet. It's I don't sweet. really. I don't think I ever drink it, unless Me like either. someone buys Ron Diaz or something. Oh, I haven't had Ron Diaz since 2014, my friend. Never want to have it again. Um, what? How? Well, you tell me. Like, how have you changed your your sure. daily behaviors? 
Um, I'm going to start. I was in the middle of what I bought. I bought toothpaste. Yeah. A new toothbrush. Because I was like, these are important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, a bunch of rice, canned goods. Um, oh, I got a bunch of cereals, too. Like those giant, giant bags of off-brand cereals. Oh, dude. Okay. Uh, the Walmart Cinnamon Toast Crunch brand. I don't know what it's called. It's the best. Really? I think it's Walmart. It's the one with the kangaroo, whatever the kangaroo was. No, dude, I can see it in my head. I know which one you're talking about. That was, that's, it's better than Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Dang. That's my hot take for the day. <laughs> By the kangaroo. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I remember when I went to the grocery store, I think on the 28th, that was the first time I'd seen a grocery store without toilet paper in it, and I was thinking, what's going on? And then I got just a bunch of, like, non-perishable food. Um, how has it changed my day-to-day? Last Thursday, I have a day off during the week. That's usually Thursday that I have to spend grading my students' like assignments or doing notes or doing homework. And I just stayed home, and I was like, I don't want to be going out. Um, and then I had to go to in on work on Friday. Uh, I got home, and right when I got home, I kind of realized I'm like, I'm not going to leave until I have to. And... I got home probably like seven on Friday. It's nine on Monday. Um, it's changing the way. Like last Thursday too was the last Thursday was like the last day where I was like, okay, one, I had to bring food to my friend who was quarantined, so I had to go to the grocery store and fight a bunch of people for food that wasn't mine. <laughs> so I was already really gr- like really grumpy. Then I realized my hair was getting long, and I'm like shit, what if I can't get a haircut for three months? So I went and got a haircut. I, like, filled my car up with gas. I, like, did all the little things I thought I could do that would be a pain, like, a month from now if we're in an annoying situation. But, I mean, social distancing, I'm trying to be by myself as much as possible. Um, So, because I'm afraid, like, what if I do have it? I don't want to be spreading it or giving it to people. So, trying to limit my own kind of exposure to others as much as I can. My work, hopefully, is going to be converting to online. So, I'll just have to do that. That's kind of how it's been going for me. My last question is I'm interested in seeing from your perspective, like, you know, when right now we're in the middle of this story and we're in the middle of kind of what's going on. It's hard to see, uh, you know, how everything is going to turn out and where this is going to go. So from your perspective, kind of where do you think you see this going over the next few months? Whew. Um, so, Joanna had her school canceled for six weeks. Do you realize how much time that is? Dude, it's so long. Six weeks. Okay. It's so long. So when I think about where we're going to be in a couple months, I can't even really look past four weeks from now, you know, a month from now, well, yep. you know, two, three months. I think, like, what, what, I, what I think is realistically going to happen is we're going to get some massive quarantines here, right? Like, cities are going to shut down. Um, when did um when did Massachusetts become a state of emergency? You mentioned it earlier. Last it? Tuesday? Any... Colorado was last week, too. I don't remember the day. The thing about it is it doesn't really mean Do much yeah. for most people. It just gives, you know, the mayor's office a little bit of power to... yeah burn some money same with trump declaring one on friday it just gives him access to 50 billion dollars to burn um just 50 billion dollars real casual 
I mean, they pumped one hundred and fifty trillion dollars into the economy. It's like it's it's all it's all monopoly money. Um, well, it's kind of all money is. If you, I mean, that's a different podcast. It's all. <laughs> um, so we're, when I think about us in a few months, I I don't know. It seems like we're just now getting to the serious stuff right now and I don't see it going away anytime soon and I was saying this earlier like if Trump is saying that best case scenario we're done in July or, or August it I means mean October seriously like it means he's trying to like he's such a spinster you know and how he how he tries to manipulate people into like thinking everything's fine if he's saying that, it, it could be significantly longer. It could be six months to a year before we might just have to try to wait until the vaccine is done. Like I, I don't, like I don't see this ending anytime soon. Um, and as far as long-term impacts, I'm kind of terrified for the next three years. You know, I think a lot of people are going to lose their job. I think. Me too. I think we're in a bubble right now and there's going to be a lot bad happening and that's kind of why i'm saying like if if you're looking to you know be creative now's the time because there's a lot of people at home doing nothing um and you can reach a lot of people um and you know it might be a better long-term option than a lot of jobs going forward um i mean what what, what like it's illegal right now to evict people, right? They made that, they, they said that's not allowed in Massachusetts. I assume it's the same in most places right now because so many people are not gonna be able to make money over the next couple months. I know, like, I don't know what we're gonna do. If, even if this lasts, so I think about this statistic. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 48% of American families cannot, do not have the disposable income to deal with an emergency of $450. Yep. And then I think of what will happen if people can't work for two months. That's way more than $450. Like, we're in a whole new scope of what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's... I, I can't even imagine the fear a lot of people are dealing with right now. You know? I know. Like, the, the fear of not having money to be able to buy food. Like, yeah, you're not going to get evicted, but you can't afford food for your family. It's really scary. Or, do you know how many people are underinsured in the country? Like almost all of us. So, sure, maybe they've officially declared that testing is going to be free, but that doesn't mean that treatment's free. Like, and I know. all these people are going to hit the medical system needing treatment, time. and no one's going to be able to afford it. Like, bankruptcies, like all these things are just going to absolutely cripple our economy for, for years. What people I, don't get either is when you look at the slope of slowing progression. Like, a lot of the ways people die is our healthcare system becomes over-flooded, and the people who really need treatment can't get any. We we talking flattening the curve? Yeah, we're talking flattening the curve. Let's do it. The more we can self-isolate and quarantine ourselves, Mm -hmm. and the more we can flatten out the curve, the lower the burden's going to be on our healthcare system, which means it's going to be easier for our nurses and doctors, it's going to be easier for the insurance companies, I'm sure. And it's going to be easier for the people who are actually getting sick and less people will literally... Ugh, it's, it's just one of those things that's annoying because it's so frustrating to explain to someone why it's important to value other people's lives. Noah, do you listen to Joe Rogan at all? <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Yeah, he's kind of a hack. But on <laughs> Monday of last week, he had a 
researcher from the University of Minnesota. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Who, That's cool. Whose specialty is um, virus-like research and like he's like a detective for outbreaks like that's like his he's written multiple books on the subject right i don't i don't remember exactly what his credentials are but smart guy he was talking about you know a lot of the different maneuvers you have to make in order to kind of squash these pandemics uh specifically how closing schools is usually a big one at the beginning because you know the flu spreads really really efficiently in schools and um you know like winter break is usually a really good show puts a show stopper on on the common flu so uh, a first move for a lot of people is to just shut down schools right with this virus people school age don't really feel sick but what's happening is we're canceling all these schools. And do you know 40% of nurses in America have kids that are school age? I know. It's going to be such a problem for childcare. We don't have the ability to get our nurses into into the hospitals to actually provide treatment. Like, we're not only not flattening the curve. <laughs> the curve is going straight up. And that line, you know, the, the max capacity that that a hospital or hospitals across America can take is actively getting lowered because we don't yeah. have people in the buildings to actually, you know, provide support and, and run tests and things like that. So um, I think it's a really bad situation we're in. <laughs> I think so, too. It It's really concerning. I'm afraid it's not going to get better for a while. I think it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And um, I'm not, I don't even really know if we can accurately guess what the timeline is. No, neither, neither do I. I, I was talking to someone in my company today and they were talking about their anxiety about canceling, canceling all these restaurants and schools and everything because of the economic impact. And I totally see her, her reasoning at the same time. I don't really know what else we can do with with the cards we've been dealt right like had we been preparing for this for the last four months we'd have a different situation but we're scrambling right now and i I don't know if there's another another option for us yeah it is a time that it really feels there aren't a lot of times that i can think of in my life where it felt like we were really powerless against something and we just genuinely had no idea what was going on mm-hmm. before it was way too late. And this is kind of what that feels like. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. So it's a very, very weird thing. It's a very, it's a very, it's even hard to describe it. Every day just feels unusual. Something feels wrong. Yeah, I know. I, to, today was besides the stock market, absolutely tanking. There was less news. You know, Idris Elba yeah. got sick, but besides that, it wasn't. Nothing has hit quite as hard as anything did last week yet. I mean, I, I assumed the stock market was going to continue to go down. What do you think it says about American culture that the wake up call for most people is when Tom Hanks got sick? It's just. <laughs> like, is that sad? Like, what is it? What is that? How, how will our culture be remembered? He's just so rich. Like, how did he let himself get? How did he let himself get coronavirus? He has so much money. Like, See, that's what I meant. To, that's when I was talking earlier, talking about. I knew this was a big deal when the rich people started saying it was a big deal. Yeah. 
Because literally, it's, that line of reasoning makes some sense. That if Absolutely. you have so much wealth, power, and influence, we think a lot of these diseases never touch the top of the top percent. But even even if they have no idea what's going on, that means literally no one on Earth knows what's going on. You're this rich. You have so many people around you who can tell you what you should and shouldn't do. And you fly to Australia and get coronavirus? Like, like is Tom Hanks an idiot? I, like, I never thought he would be, but, you know, like... Hey, he was filming a movie. He was filming a movie. Now. Gotta make the, in the middle of a pandemic. Money. It's insane. Hey, he's got a family, man. Do you know how many things eat. are going to get delayed? Like, how many oh, movies? So like, we're going to get out of this. And there's not going to be a new movie or TV show for months. As they scramble to to get production going again. Can we copyright the name of it? I feel like it's going to be... Hmm. The Corona Black Hole of Entertainment. Okay. We're just going to have this historical period where there is no big sporting events, no blockbuster movies, no new TV shows. It's going to be this weird, like... Four to six month period, probably. Sports will start coming back and everyone will be kind of bad because they haven't practiced in six months. Dude, people are going to be so excited when sports come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be like the first step of normalization, I think. It is It is weird how sports is such a small part of our lives, but not having it makes it feel like society is disrupted. You just like... There's a roadmap for releasing stuff, right? Like, there's yeah. there's movies for a while, TV shows for a while. Sports being done is like, oh, okay, we're done with sports for a couple months. That's crazy. Now there's just, like, nothing I can watch certain nights. So I have to wait for TV shows and movies. But those are going to run out. And then we're not going to have... with The the corona black hole is going to hit. And <laughs> it's, like, all we'll have is sports. It's just, it's just crazy. Like... I, I just I can't even think of anything in my lifetime that ever caused restaurants to close. No. And restaurants to close for in Denver it's eight weeks. That's what the ordinance is. The real since like the the technology boom, like industrialization post World War Two, I don't think there's ever been anything like this. Like there was a there was a couple viruses back in like nineteen eighteen or something like that. Yeah, that's probably the closest thing. But like this is like like the amount of technology and, and things and you know stuff that's getting impacted right now well, that's another thing that is that's kind of interesting to think about is as all these companies go down right and they look back in a couple months and they're like how could we have stopped this so many more companies are going to move to automation yep <laughs> this is going to push the automation revolution so fast i guarantee it the whole andrew yang thing is like more and more reasonable with this like in in your mind you know hey man i've been on the yang train oh you're part since of this past summer it's called the yang gang man you were well you were the blue hat no i don't care that much but <laughs> i did think i did think ubi was a good idea um do you think they'll go do you think they'll do it absolutely not i don't know man if they don't there's gonna be riots um, it's. I think it's an actual zero percent chance. I don't think it's a positive chance, but I don't know. I don't know how I people mean, people won't survive very long without any money. It's it's gonna get weird. I think society is gonna get weird. But who knows? Maybe we come up with a cure soon and things go off. There's. Uh, I've seen a couple tweets where it's like, if 
if in two months we look back and say, wow, we really overreacted about that, then we'll know it worked. We'll we'll have known that it worked. Yep. I saw that I saw the exact same one. I also saw a person say, it's so frustrating to think that the better scientists work to cure this, the more people are gonna be like, Wow, everyone just kinda overreacted to that, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> it's that's why stuff like this is important because we're we're in a time period right now where we don't know if there'll ever be a fix for this or a vaccine or a cure. Yeah. So it's, I think it's important to like try to frame our reference of mind in these times. No, I I'm happy you had me on. It was a me too. I'm fun happy. conversation. First, first inaugural guest. I'm very proud to have Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. It was good to talk to you, Drew from Boston. Thank you so much for your input. This is Noah um, signing off in the Coronavirus Chronicles. Thank you very much for listening.